pastorum visita in bleso gratia que tu creasti pectora God, you are there, the 
Christ our brother is our guard and guide. Our whole being rests within your loving care. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Northminster this morning. We are so glad that you are here, whether you are joining us in person or online. We are honored by your presence with us this morning on this Pentecost morning. 
I want to say a special word of welcome to any of you who might be visiting with us. We are particularly glad for your presence among us uh, and hope that you will participate in all aspects of our worship service, including communion. If you don't know how we do communion here, uh, look in your order of worship. There are instructions or just follow the folks around you. They'll make sure you get through the line the right way. You will notice our beautiful flowers this morning in honor of our Pentecost celebration. Um, I want to, is Bobby here? Are we good to take the flowers? Yes. So after worship, our custom is uh, that we take flowers home to brighten our day or somebody else's. And these are especially lovely, so do make sure you uh, take some of these with you. And you're going to have to beat the kids, so make sure you're quick. Also, if you would, pass the worship registry down your row. That just helps us know who's here with us this morning. If you could endeavor to write legibly, we would really appreciate it. Uh, We often talk here at Northminster about the the best thing we bring to worship is ourselves. And that is entirely true. And really, that's the only thing we have control over, is ourselves. And I also was working on the website this week, and went back and and read the the welcome on the homepage. And it mentions in there that Northminster is a church of spiritual refugees. So if that's you, in one way or the other, and you have been looking for a place where you can be welcome and feel safe and whole, we hope that Northminster can be that for you. Um, If you feel like a black sheep, you are in good company here. I mention that to also say, if you have any interest in joining this fellowship, um, come talk to me. It's not a difficult process, but we want to make that available to those of you who are interested to make you part of this family officially. As I said, today is our Pentecost Sunday. You'll see the red and the flames, and we're going to talk about that throughout our service. After worship, we are having our after worship fellowship. Um, If you would like to stick around for that, we would love to get to know you better. I'm going to encourage you to put name tags on. Uh, Don't assume anyone knows your name. Uh, Put that name tag on first and last would be helpful. And then uh, coming up this week, we have several things. The first is uh, New Music on the Bayou, which we'll be hosting on Thursday at 1 p.m. Then June 11th is Cuba Sunday. We are going to celebrate and... uh, just rejoice in the fact that we have had a partnership with our sister church in Cuba for several decades now, so that will be June 11th. VBS is July 30th through August 3rd, so if you are someone who would like to volunteer to help, there's a sign-up list outside my office, and more information will be coming about that soon. And you will see uh, on the other announcements Um, You'll see all of those listed there. I do encourage you to not only read that, but take that list home with you and make sure you have it. Finally, I want to give a personal plug. Um, We have a church garden. I don't know if everyone is aware of that. And if you have not gone out to take a peek at it, uh, I hope you'll do that today or sometime this week. It's back behind the building, behind the storage shed. Little thing is growing like crazy. We have a little zucchini that's already coming in. I'm so proud of it. I go out there and just pray that it grows. So, um, if, and I say that also, so if you are interested in lending a hand, we need people to help water. That is obviously an ongoing need. So, go take a look at the garden, go say a little prayer over it for it to grow, 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 and then if you want to help with watering, let me know, we'll get you signed up for a day. All right, now let's take a deep breath together. It has been quite the week 
in this country with the headlines and the news and the many, many things going on. School is ending, summer is starting, the craziness is, is beginning along with that ending. So let's take a deep breath. Let's let that breath quiet our minds and focus our hearts and ground us in this time that we have together. As you breathe in and breathe in the joy of being surrounded by people and a God who loves you just as you are in this moment. As you breathe out, breathe out your concerns as best you can, breathe out your to-do list, breathe out travel plans that aren't finished. Breathe in again, know that God loves you. And then let us worship together by you hearing this call to worship. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and rested on each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and though they all spoke in many different languages, they understood each other and were of one accord. Peter read from the prophet Joel. In the last day, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters, and they will prophesy. The young shall see visions, and the old will dream dreams, and all who understand God's love will find peace.
Awesome. Good morning, my young friends. How are you? Good. Has anybody been listening? Does some, do you know what day today is? Sunday. It's Sunday, but it's a special Sunday. What is it? It's Pentecost. Can you all say that word, Pentecost? Pentecost. Kind of a funny word. We don't usually use that anywhere but church. Well, I have a special book I'm going to read to you. You all want to see it? Yeah. Okay. This is called Josie Johnson's Hair and the Holy Spirit. So I'll read the words and then show you the pictures, okay? And if you want to look at this after church, you can. Josie Johnson's hair is a wonderful adventure. It's different all the time. Some days it's a ponytail or pigtails or a curly afro. And some days Josie's hair has a mind of its own. Josie's church is celebrating something called Pentecost. Josie doesn't know much about Pentecost, but she does know that she's having her hair braided and that she needs a new red dress. That page is very pink, you're right. On Saturday, Josie wakes up early. She can't wait for her day out with Dad. And then at Monique's hair salon, it's a cute little pink building right across the street from All Nations Church. All Nations is where Josie and her family worship on Sundays. So there's the salon, and there's a church. Y'all see that? Tell me after, okay? At school, most of the girls have straight hair. It's the same when Josie watches cartoons and movies. Someday Josie feels different, and different can be hard. As they wait for Josie's turn in Monique's salon chair, Dad nudges her. What are you thinking about? My hair. I'm thinking about how my hair isn't like a lot of other girls. Just then, Monique calls Josie's name and takes her to the big wash sink and washes and conditions her hair. Josie loves the warm wind of the blow dryer. Once Josie's hair is dry, Monique started working oil through it, combing and dividing it into sections. Yep. As Monique started the work of weaving braid after braid, Dad pulled a chair over so he could sit uh, next to Josie and continue their conversation. Josie, when God created the world, was there just one kind of fish or thousands, he asked. Thousands, said Josie. And when it was time to create the flowers, did God make them all red or the same shape, Dad continued? God made them every color and shape. Josie thought for a moment, I guess it's the same for people. We're all different colors and shapes. You wish the whole world was blue? Yeah. <laughs> but Dad, Josie paused, why did God make us different? Dad smiled, we're all different because God is creative. Each one of us is God's unique work of art. Dad continued, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully made, does that mean we're scary? Josie wondered. No, Dad grinned, it means you're special and worthy of honor. All of us are. Josie, your black hair, black lips, and black skin are God's work of art. Your hair turns black when it gets wet? 
Yeah, when it dries. When Josie's hair was braided, Monique handed Josie a mirror so she could see the back of her head. What do you think? I love it. Thank you, Monique. Monique smiled and replied, off you go now. Other beautiful girls are waiting their turn. Next, Josie and Dad headed out to find a dress. As they looked around, Josie asked, what is Pentecost? And Dad says to her, after Jesus rose from the dead, he told all of his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they all got together to pray and wait. How long did they wait, Josie asked. Fifty days. Then the Holy Spirit appeared as a small flame above their heads, what the Bible calls tongues of fire, Dad replied. Josie imagined a small fire over her own head. Can you guys think about that? If there was a little fire over your head, that'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Were they burned, she asked. They weren't, Dad said. But the fire gave them the power to speak in different languages. Then they began to tell one another that God had done this. Dad smiled. Josie, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is for all people. No matter what language they speak, the color of their skin, or the curl of their hair, that's what we celebrate on Pentecost. And red is for the flames of the Holy Spirit, Josie proclaimed. Do you see the red dress? Like my red and the red of the flowers? The next morning at church, Josie looked around and realized that her church was like Pentecost. It had all different kinds of people, and it was all so beautiful. As everyone stood and began to sing, Josie looked up at her dad and whispered, Happy Pentecost. So, I like this book just because it's a good story, but also because it's really important that we remember that the church is for all sorts of people. Do we all look alike? Nope. nope. Do we have different kinds of hair? Yeah. Do, are we different ages? Are some of us boys and some of us girls? But can we all come to church? Yeah. And can we all come to church together? That's what we're celebrating today. Pentecost is the day we remember that not only did God create all of us unique, we can all then worship and be part of a church together, even though we're all unique. Does that make sense? Maybe a little bit? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Turn around, face the congregation. You all are leading this part. You're going to say this prayer with me. I'll say the first line. You say it back nice and loud. Adults, you're welcome to join in. But kids, if you're not loud enough, I'm going to make you do it again. You ready? I see the face of God in you. I see the face of God in you. The love of Christ comes shining through. The love of Christ comes shining through. And I am blessed to be with you. And I am blessed to be with you. O holy child of God. O holy child of God. Amen. And go back to your seats. Thank you, kids.
When the day of Pentecost had finally arrived, they were all together in the same place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like the sound of a strong, blowing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then tongues seemingly made of fire appeared to them, moving apart and coming to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the words to say. There were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem at that time. When they heard this noise, they came together in a crowd. They were deeply puzzled because every single one of them could hear them speaking in his or her own native language. They were astonished and amazed. These men who are doing the speaking are all Galileans, aren't they? they? They said, so how is it that each of us can hear them in our own mother tongues? There are Parthians here and Medians, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Pontus, Asia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya that belong to Cyrene. There are people from Rome, proselytes, as well as Jews. There are Cretans and Arabs. We can hear them telling us about the powerful things God has done in our own languages. Everyone was astonished and perplexed. What does it all mean? They were asking each other. A fiery story that reminds us of the Holy Spirit's presence. Thanks be to God.
from Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if we in fact suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its enslavement to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that it is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what one already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. And God, who searches hearts, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who were called according to God's purpose. For those whom God foreknew, God also predestined to be conformed in the image of the Son, in order that they might be firstborn within a large family. And those whom God predestined, God also called. And those whom God called, God justified. And those whom God justified, God glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? God who did not withhold the Son, but gave him up for all of us. How will God not also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ who died, or rather, who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through the eternal who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, a reminder of the height and depth of God's encompassing love. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mark. That was a long passage, and I appreciate you helping. Let's pray together. 
This prayer is from Sister Joan Chittister, Catholic nun I think most of you know. She wrote this in 2011, and it's called My Prayer for Pentecost. The Holy Spirit embodies the life force of the universe, the power of God, the animating energy present in all things and captured by none. On this great feast of Pentecost, the coming of God's Spirit, we pray these things. May the gifts of the Holy Spirit bring fire to the earth so that the presence of God may be seen in a new light, in new places, in new ways. May our own hearts burst into flame so that no obstacle, no matter how great, ever obstructs the message of the God within each of us. May we come to trust the word of God in our own heart, to, fo- to speak it with courage, to follow it faithfully, and to fan it to flame in others. May the spirit of Jesus who filled the women at the tomb with his Holy Spirit fill the world and the church with new respect for women's power and presence. And we ask that you give us, O great God, a sense of the breath within us. Allow us to be who you created us to be. Amen. So today's Pentecost. Heard that a couple times by now, right? the day that we remember the descent of the Holy Spirit on members of the early church after the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. Gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Weeks, the book of Acts tells us tongues of fire rested on those gathered and the sound of a violent blowing wind could be heard. And as uh, was part of that children's book, and as I think you all know, the apostles were suddenly able to speak in other tongues. And this ability spread to the faithful Jews gathered throughout the city. Acts tells us they were able to hear in their native languages. Although the Brits call Pentecost Whitsund, or White Sunday, the liturgical color for Pentecost is uh, red for the tongues of fire and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Doves are another common theme on this day as they are reminiscent of the dove that descends at Jesus' uh, baptism. They're often used as a symbol for the Holy Spirit. And as a fun kind of church nerd fact, the only other time we use red in the liturgical calendar is for an ordination. Again, because of the symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit coming down onto that person. Pentecost is often called the birthday of the church. I've seen some churches who have cake after church is over to celebrate the birthday, because people argue that before the coming of the Spirit, nothing substantive enough to be called a church had formed. For some, this is the day that makes the church the church, as from really this point on, there's more formalization. The Christian mission of spreading the good news really begins. As you'd expect, the Pentecostal denomination takes its name from this day, and this text is at least part of the reason for their belief in the speaking of tongues. Pentecost liturgy uses words like renew and restoration, dancing flames, joy and awe. The Holy Spirit is illustrated with flowery language about raining down and filling our hearts, even as she or her as that was the language that many early Christians and a group called the Desert Fathers used 
they spoke about the spirit as being and also because of the gendering of words in Hebrew and Koine Greek often talk about the spirit being female I grew up in a church that celebrates Pentecost the church I attended in seminary celebrates Pentecost the church I served in St. Louis celebrates Pentecost the church I served in Pennsylvania sort of celebrates Pentecost so you know as your pastor that this is a day we celebrate this is a day about the spirit and this sermon probably should be a rousing call for us all to listen to the ways the spirit is moving in our lives and in our church I should be talking about renewal, about being energized by the heat and the brightness of each of our individual flames. I'm supposed to be telling you to take heart in the personal, present part of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, but I can't. And believe me, I tried, I tried all week to write a Pentecost sermon to come up with beautiful imagery about flames and the inbreaking of the spirit, to craft something worthy of the importance of this day for the life of the church. But everything I wrote refused to come together. All of my metaphors and imagery sounded flat. I was at a loss until it occurred to me that there are flames everywhere and they have nothing to do with Pentecost. Pick up a paper, watch the news, listen to the radio, open any social media platform, and it feels like the world's on fire. There's a recent United Nations report that says, in essence, that we have about 12 years to clean up the earth before we burn. There's ongoing legislation about abortions and women's bodies. There are book bans, an inexplicable fear of drag queens, which, like, fabulous is, fabulousness is catching, I guess. I don't really understand that one. <laughs> We're worried about the harm that's being committed against our trans siblings in state after state after state. A fractured and divisive domestic political climate with another presidential election looming. That's next year, friends shouting matches about what to do with people at our borders, and so many Methodist churches choosing to leave the UMC over the possibility of LGBTQ equality. Hasn't even happened yet, just the possibility. There are fires everywhere. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired, and I'm scared, and I'm sad. And I don't really want to think about the Holy Spirit as a fire or a flame or anything combustible right now. Our world is combustible enough on its own. So this Pentecost Day, I'm going to ask that we put a bit of a pin in this Acts story and we spend some time with Paul and Romans. Now, we read a little bit in Romans last, or two weeks ago. Uh, these verses are very, very dense. Paul likes to use 12 words when he could have used three. The lectionary lists this morning's passage as uh, the verses that you heard, but um, I, I didn't feel right making Mark do all of that by himself, so uh, I helped him with it. It is probably too much for a single sermon. I'm aware of that. But what's important for you to know about these verses is the ones that you didn't hear. And it's that they begin, this dense, rich chapter begins with talking about life in the Holy Spirit. 
And in fact, puma, I think I'm pronouncing that right, my Greek is rusty, is the Greek for spirit or breath. And that word is repeated 34 times in this single chapter of the book of Romans. What Paul is doing is reminding the Romans that the church is in the life of the spirit through Christ. He says in verse 10, so what he says in verse 10, but if, in Christ, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit is alive because of righteousness. Then it is, then it is though the apostle breathes really deeply. He says that and it's like he takes a deep breath. For he asserts that the life, the believers in Rome, know is not always what God intends for them. The crises they witness are not events doled out by a capricious God. The pangs they endure are not to test their faith. The struggles with which they wrestle are not proof that they are not yet children of God. Neither are their struggles proof that God is somehow absent or uninvolved. What we hear again in this eighth chapter of the book of Romans is a Pauline refrain, a conviction that sin and suffering are an inescapable part of the human condition. Both of these powers are pervasive, control-seeking, and desirous of abilities that belong to God. Left unchecked, left without hope and the promise of resurrection, sin and suffering cause brokenness. Sin and suffering are rebellious. They bring pain and disruption, cause deep rifts that take generations to mend. They steal the breath of the too young and cripple the hearts of the old. But as a, a commentator I read this week proclaims, however the shape of this rebellion, when and wherever it happens, this rebellion cannot wrest from God what belongs to God and God alone. It cannot change the shape of God's love, compassion, and grace as revealed through Jesus the Christ. Or as Paul puts it, if God is for us, who can be against us? A few years ago, I discovered uh, Emily McDowell. She is an artist who does greeting cards. Uh, they were shared by a friend of mine who is a chaplain, and they were shared uh, as a resource for people trying to figure out what to say in those difficult, painful moments when none of us know what to say. So Emily and her artist friends have created cards that bridge that gap perfectly. I encourage you to look her up, but I'll, let me tell you about some of her bestsellers. There is one beautifully packaged watercolor with leaves and flowers that says, please let me be the first to punch the next person who tells you everything happens for a reason. <laughs> I'm sorry you're going through this. Another one says, if this is God's plan, God is a terrible planner. Another one says, I wish I could take away your pain or at least take away the people who compare it to the time their hamster died. <laughs> and then here's my favorite. I promise to never refer to your illness as a journey unless someone takes you on a cruise. <laughs> my friends, it would be nicer to talk with you on this Pentecost Sunday about birthdays and balloons gifts of language and communication, and even the mission of the church. 
But the truth is, the world is kind of on fire, and bad things happen all the time. We need cards like the one Emily McDowell creates because people we love get cancer. People we love can be mean, and even the best relationships are hard, hard work. The temptations of power and control are more than many can resist, and other people, often the poor and the minorities, suffer because of it. But thanks be to our God, to our Creator, that in God there is weeping and repairing, sending out power, redemption, and resurrection. And not only that, as Paul makes clear in verse 32 of this passage, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, that our father, mother, creator, sustainer's love is sacrificial. The fact that God gave God's son as a love offering on our behalf means that God will do anything, give anything to be in relationship with us. To be present with us even as we falter and start fires and fail to see a way forward when everything hurts. My friends, the truth of Pentecost is that we must learn to release our fear of something that cannot happen. We must learn to release our fear of something that cannot happen. That thing being nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm going to say that again. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God has sent the Spirit to help us in this task, to help us live in the truth of God's self-sacrificing love, to be motivated by that, to let that be what drives us, to let that assurance be the core of who we are and who our church is. And even when it feels like everything is combustible, even when it feels like one match is going to start a blaze we can't control, we still live in the promise of Pentecost. Now, this is a task we might fail at. Being Pentecost people will take time and practice to get right. But even failure can't take what God has birthed out of the depths of love. That is the promise of being loved by the one who is the definition of, pen, of love. That is the promise of being loved by the one who is the definition of love. And that is the promise of Pentecost.
In this Pentecost season, we recognize the loving God whose divine lungs exhaled a spirit into our world. God's breath, the wind, the spirit, ruach in Hebrew, continues to transform our world. Before the earth was formed, the spirit of God swirled through the voids and shadows. As humans were created, the air of God filled the lungs of Adam and the soul of Eve. This divine air continues to fill us when our bones are dry and our spirits are sluggish. In this Pentecost season, we invite the Spirit to come upon these elements. God of winds, pour out your Spirit and make these elements come alive for us. Make this meal awaken our sleepy hearts and stagnant souls. May we begin to celebrate visions and animate the dreams that have only been alive in our minds up to this point. And as we share this meal, let us remember our siblings in faith who come to this table and have come to this table in the decades and centuries past. And then also think of our children who will surround this table in the future. This is not my table. This is not Northminster's table. This is Christ's table. We are the guests and Christ is the host. There is a seat here with your name on it. So kick off your walking shoes and make yourself comfortable. This is holy ground. All are wanted and all are welcomed here with our doubts and our failures, our shortcomings, our griefs. No matter what you bring with you to this table, you aren't just tolerated, but overwhelmingly welcomed and wanted. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Now, if you would, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The night before Jesus died was a solemn time around the table. Because of his relentless pursuit of love, he would be seized by those in power. But before he was taken, Jesus initiated this meal with his followers. For even though he knew the end was coming, Jesus joined with those he loved, and as the night lengthened, he took a simple portion of bread and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, Remember me. And then after supper was over, Jesus picked up a cup. And during his blessing of it, Jesus reminded the disciples that he would go to the ends of the earth out of love for them. Then later, after the day of resurrection, the disciples ate on a beach with Jesus, with the risen Christ, celebrating new life, new hope, and new vitality. So on this Pentecost, as we come to this table, let us celebrate the spirit of resurrection and the promise of a needed second wind in our own lives. Amen.
Now hear this benediction. May God bless you with a distaste with superficial worship so that you will live deep within your soul. May God bless you with anger at prejudice so that you will work for justice. May God bless you with tears for those who sorrow so that you will offer comfort. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world. Go be salty. Amen.